Good evening, my Love name is Ryan Miner. Good evening, my name is Ryan Miner. Uh, I apologize for those uh, technical difficulties. We seem to have some type of connection problems. If you are listening, I apologize. I hope I haven't lost your attention entirely. Um, this is a very special episode because we get to dissect uh, a political campaign. And um, I, I'm, as you all may know, um, I ran for the Washington County Board of Education in 2014, and uh, that was probably one of the most thrilling things of my life. Um, it was an incredible journey from start to finish. It was a monumental milestone in my life, something that I had thought about um, for a long time to consider and there was a lot of positives. There was a lot of negatives. There were some bumps in the road. And as anybody who understands campaigns and getting involved in campaigns, you know, there's a process. And the process starts with planning, figuring out how we're going to do this, money, whether you're a viable candidate. Can you convince people that you have the right ideas? And we're going to talk about this over the next, well, three, two hours. And I invite you to call into the show if you are listening. The number is 646-716-5971. And again, my name is Ryan Miner. This is a minor detail. And we are talking about the 2014 Washington County Board of Education race, the dogfight, and it surely was. I want to talk to you, give you kind of a play-by-play. I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to do this month by month. That that makes the most logical sense, and I, I, I talked about this um, in the, in the, in this process, and I, and I talked about what I wanted, how I'm going to do this show tonight. Um, so if you are listening, um, again, the number is six four six seven one six five nine seven one. I can take your questions. Uh, we will talk um, about a lot of things. So I want to talk about the decision to. I want to start off by talking about this decision to run for the board of education and how it all began. So I originally had in my mind that I was um, going to run for public office. Uh, probably since I was a young kid. I've always had a passion to serve. I've always had a passion to for public policy. And the more that I got involved in the process, the more that I got involved in the campaign circuit uh, throughout college, and I, I, I just grew to love politics. I grew to love public policy. And... I had debated whether or not I was going to run for the House of Delegates, which is no secret. That that has been made very clear in several different places. I I originally wanted to run for the uh, the seat in the city of Hagerstown for the House of Delegates. In fact, I was putting a campaign in motion, and I was uh, gathering 
all of the the resources had been meeting had set up meetings back in May of two beginning in May of 2013, and you know that just didn't. Uh, I, and I'll talk about some stumbling blocks along the way and why that never transpired. But what I had originally intended to do is run for the Maryland House of Delegates in 2013. I was going to begin a campaign and with focusing on small business. I was going to. Uh, focus exclusively on small business education and getting our tax code in Maryland back in line. So uh, that that had been my original campaign. I'm not I'm not going to be dishonest and say that wasn't. A lot of people know about it. A lot of people who know me uh, knew that I had talked about that initially. So um, it didn't pan out. That's not what ultimately happened. And so um, I had met with some people in late 2013, uh, some people that were advisors to me, and we um, started talking about how I can get involved, how I can help this community, how I can put my ideas to the test. And so we decided in January, I got a a call from someone um, in the school system. I, I can't say who, but I got a call from someone that is involved in the administration who had said – who had asked me to consider. Actually, I take that back. It wasn't a call. It was more of a Facebook message, and this person asked me to seriously consider running for the Washington County Board of Education. And I said, well, I – you know, that that idea um, was definitely um, something that I had considered, and another former a uh, friend who was involved in an elected uh, an elected office said, "You know, you really should consider thinking about running for the Washington County Board of Education, not as a stepping stone, but because you have ideas about education, you have ideas that are pragmatic, you have ideas that will work across the board." And uh, you know, it was very flattering. And so, when this person sent me a message, we scheduled a meeting, we sat down and talked. Um, the positives, the negatives. I'd obviously had the campaign experience, so I decided I was going to jump in and and do this. So I started beginning to put the beginning steps uh, of of building a campaign um, from the ground floor up in January of 2014. And I have given little hints uh, of what I wanted to do. for a while, I think people knew that I was planning to run. They just didn't know what. But I had put different feelers out in the community. I have talked to a lot of people. Um, I sent messages, Facebook messages, uh, emails, and have just talked to a whole lot of people um, about this decision. So jumping into this race, I knew, especially for me, it was not going to be easy. And I'll tell you why for a couple different reasons. Um, it's a little hard to talk about. I got to be honest with you, but uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with. I'm, I'm going to do my best to be transparent. But you know, jumping into a political race with some personal background and baggage like mine um, is difficult because you have to analyze the positives and the negatives and. At times, you didn't know whether the negatives trump the positives. The positives being I'm young, I'm energetic, I have passion to serve, I have a willingness to serve, I'm willing to go out and do the work to get elected. But 
it seemed like this campaign was largely defined by my negatives and then towards the end of the race, and I'll get to this uh, in the latter half of the show, my negatives seemed to somewhat be highlighted more than anything and it was out of my control. So my background, um, some of the baggage starts with a comment that I made when I was 19 years old at Duquesne University, a Catholic university, as a uh, young, uninformed, not smart person. Um, We had a gay-straight alliance come to our university, and I opposed it really not on merit, um, not on conviction, but I just didn't like the thought of that coming to my university at the time. It was uh, 10 years ago that this happened, and I made some comments on Facebook that were disparaging against this group, and it somehow got out in the open. I, I was asked to meet with the Judicial Affairs Office at the the university, and then I went on this inexplicable media tour to uh, promote my position that I did not believe in a gay street alliance, that the university was taking away my my freedom of speech to say what I really wanted, and really there was not a lot of conviction behind it. And I, I admit that it was it was a foolish decision. The comments that I made were disrespectful. They were wrong, uh, unequivocally. And you know, I really, 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 really have come around almost 360 on this. And um, you know, I apologize for that. It was a bad decision. So that started back in 2005. And uh, unfortunately, the internet is sometimes your best and worst enemy. Uh, I should say your best friend and can be your worst enemy because I got stuck in Google infinitely. And if you Google my name, you'll see this incident that took place at Duquesne University and the drama that was surrounded by that and that comment, that one word that I used that I don't even want to repeat it because it just it it just makes me really really upset. And uh, you know, I made that mistake and. It was in the media. I've tried to rectify that the best way that I can, sincerely and meaningfully. And I hope, and some people think that it was done politically, that I'm, that, that I really didn't change my opinion. But anybody who knows me knows that I have fully come around on that issue. And, uh, it's very personal. Um, and the reason why I have come around on that issue is because, uh, I have two, I, 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 I don't want to give away too much because I I think it would be unfair to name any names, but let's just say I have two friends who are uh, of the same sex. They're married, and um, since the very beginning that I had known them, I had not known that they were married or in, even in a relationship. Me being me, I'm oblivious. There's <laughs> my my radar for that is like way off the map. I'm I'm horrible at it. So. I met and got to know these wonderful people, and it just completely opened my eyes to this issue. Uh, it's not even an issue. It's just, it, it's two people who love each other, and their life, their style, their lifestyle has absolutely no effect on my personal life. So, and um, so that's that. 
So there was that piece of baggage. And then there was probably jumping into this, I, there, there was the the most detrimental piece of baggage probably to the public was the incident that you read about uh, the the uh, the assault back in college that was uh, alleged. I, I really don't feel the need to go into all of that, uh, but there was a lot of missing materials in that the story did not totally get out. People read, read some egregious court records that were posted online in a, in a blog format, and it was unfair because it wasn't true. Uh, the things that were read that were <laughs> that were written in that report it couldn't be further from the truth and um you know it was between myself and a in a relationship um there's a lot to it i i don't feel the nece- necessity to go and talk in depth about it we can talk offline if you so choose but i i don't feel the need to i don't want to bring it up uh honestly because it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a subject that is um very deeply personal but of course it does does affect me there's a record out there um and uh you know the things that were espoused in that report could not be further from the truth anybody who knows me knows that it is undeniably true and um but there is record and people saw it they read it they interpreted it and they used it against me effectively. And they people questioned my character. People challenged me at all steps of the way. And because of this, they had people did not want anything to do with me as a candidate. Can't control that. People, when they have political dirt and political baggage, it's an easy exit. It's an easy out. And there's nothing that you can do about that. So there was that. And then, as I moved on with the baggage, um, you know, I'm I'm not a flawed person, but you know, I I, I made a lot of mis- I made mistakes in my life that were public, and in the nature of the business that I wanted to go into, um, all that comes out. So, fast forward to 2013. And I came. I was. It was back in May of two. It was May twenty ninth of two thousand and thirteen. I was at a Anne Arundel County Lincoln Day dinner in good old Anne Arundel County, supporting that Republican Party. And I unfortunately decided that I would have a little too much drink, and. <laughs> That wasn't it. It didn't stop there. Um, and uh, so sometimes in, when you have a little too much to drink, you have a lot to say. And when you have a lot to say, you don't think about the consequences. And I said some things to a particular person that was, um, let's just say, a much more influential person than I am. Those comments got out, and it just turned out to be a really bad experience. And I made a very, very poor judgment call to get in my vehicle, drive up the road, and I was heading back to Westminster 
to stay with a friend, and uh, I was turning left onto, I think it was 31, and I came to a stop, but it wasn't a complete stop. Uh, I was pulled over. Obviously, they could smell alcohol on my breath, and I was taken into custody because I had too much to drink, and that's what happens. That was my cross to bear. That was my responsibility. Um, You know, it wasn't an outrageous amount. I think there was a it was under 1.0, no excuse nonetheless. A terrible judgment call. Paid my fine. I accepted my consequences and moved on. Um, and that's all you can do. But the summer of 2013 was really, really tough because being involved in politics, being involved with campaigns, when you make a mistake when you're on a campaign like I did, the only way to rectify that is you have to go away for a while. You just you cannot make a scene, you cannot make a sound, and when you make a mistake, you have to accept the responsibilities and you just have to disappear. But unfortunately, um, someone had you know a, a situation arose where um, a blogger had written in detail about me and detailed my life that many of you may have read. And there's nothing that I can do about it. And at the time, I hated it. My goodness, I hated it because what he was writing just was painting me to be a monster, just an absolute abject monster. And I couldn't do anything about it. You know, we. I, and long story short, this person and I, this blogger, um, not just just a blogger, but um, someone that I now have grown to build a relationship with, to really respect understand his point of view. We talked it out. We hashed it out in November of 2013, incidentally, at a Republican convention. And uh, this, we everything is great. I have a working relationship with this person. He, he is a, a friend, um, also a fellow Knight of Columbus, I should mention. But nonetheless, there was a lot of written about me that gave people an impression that I was not a good person, that I was not a... Um, uh, uh, I was not an upstanding person, and that kills me inside because you see these mistakes that were made on paper in, in somewhat of a public way. How do you get across to people that, you know what, these are isolated? My closest friends who know me know that. My family, Kim, she knows that. But it, it, it starts to define you in a way. And you know, what do you do? The people around you still love you. But people who don't know you and they see these things, and then when you want to run for office, I, you know, you, you become a flawed candidate. That's what you're defined by. I always have the asterisk next to my name. Well, Ryan Miner was, you know, he could be a, you know, he's a smart guy. He's a nice guy. He's, yeah, you know, he understands policy. He understands, you know, he can he can talk in depth about uh, issues, but. None of that seems to matter because it's all trumped by this baggage. And when going into politics, you have to consider that. I did. I weighed the positives and negatives, and I thought, I can beat this. I can. And to a very large extent, I did beat back a lot of the negatives. But people in Washington County certainly – it's like they have a process of discovery. When they first find out about something, it's new and fresh and – they discovered a lot of negative material about me. Didn't see the positive, but they saw the negative. And 
negative information in politics and news and media, it flies. The newspaper got a hold of it. They talked about it. It just it just goes a lot more viral than what positive things do. And that's the nature of the business, and I understood that. I knew it. Um, not to a degree, which I'll talk about, but I knew that was going – I knew that in order to overcome some of these issues in the past, that you have to put it all out there. You have to own it. You can't tell anybody a mistruth about it. People ask you. You have to be upfront, and that's just the way it is. So you know, the political baggage, the personal baggage plays into effect because people will void you out as a candidate. They'll stop considering you to be a, a reputable candidate, and you – and there's I don't know how you can possibly overcome that unless you just – and time, and time. And you know, I think part of the reasons why I was unsuccessful is because of these personal issues, this baggage. So if you want to call in the show, if you're listening to the show, I certainly appreciate it. I, I hope that uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot more talk uh, about the actual campaign. The number is 646-716-5971 if you want to call in and talk about the 2014 Washington County Board of Education race. Uh, you can call in, and I'd be happy to take your calls. So I will continue. Um, the campaign preparation was fun because I got to meet a lot of cool people. I got to prepare in a way that by my own standards – I'm used to working on other campaigns, but I got to prepare and get everything in place. We set up a campaign. My campaign committee was already set up in 2013. Uh, I had my treasurer. I had one – I had actually two treasurers. Um, the first one just completely did not work out. Um, we won't mention any names, but this person just uh, didn't work out, and I found a treasurer who did work out, and uh, she's fantastic, a former finance person uh, who happens to be sitting in the same room as me right now. This is Miss Kimberly Euler, who was my campaign treasurer, um, who did a fantastic job of making sure that we did nothing illegal that could get us any more in trouble, so... Uh, Kim is sitting here giggling very much, so she's giggling like a little schoolgirl. But she did keep me uh, our books aligned, and with the, I should mention early on that we did raise more money than any other candidate in the race, and I'm proud of that because we worked hard to do that. Uh, we made our fundraising kick in at the right moment. So, uh, Kim Mueller, um, my much better half, much better looking half, uh, who was wearing a aqua colored shirt. Is it aqua? Is that a, blue. is it blue? blue. blue? It's a light blue. It's like a sky blue, but it looks aqua because I can't even see right now. She's sitting at the, at the table, at the kitchen table. If you're listening, this is a minor detail talking about the Washington County Board of Education race, and I am currently gushing over my girlfriend. Um, so, anyway, so the campaign kickoff was we built up to it, and it was funny because the day. We waited to the last – I wanted to wait to the last minute to – and I, I was – I met some of the candidates before, and um, on the very last day, it was February 25th. On that very day, we taped my company's commercial, and so we – you know, I was anxious all day because that night I had planned to go to the, uh, the Board of Elections office, and uh, that was fun. We we walked into the Board of Elections office. I did a video inside 
sign the certificate, which is still sitting on the kitchen table that I have to get framed because that is definitely a piece of the 2014 memorabilia that I'm going to keep in one day show my children um, that, you know, you when you put your mind to something, you can do it. And this is actual proof that running for office is extraordinarily scary. And I remember the moment when I'm standing in there inside of the Board of Elections office, and I looked over at Kim, and I said, holy shit. And I said, is this – I said, is this – you know, this is it. And she goes, are you ready? So I signed the paperwork, handed it to the lovely ladies that were inside of the Board of Elections. They took a picture, and I was officially registered as a Washington County Board of Education candidate. And it's the scariest thing in the world because you're basically signing – the next nine months of your life away, you basically sign away any privacy that you have left. So, But that moment was extraordinarily important and just very memorable. It's a very vivid detail. So then we kicked off the campaign. We started with a press release. Most people knew that I was going to run, but some to some people's surprise. So there was eight candidates in the race, and I had met with many of the candidates before I had – officially become a candidate at the very, very last moment. So I had met uh, with Karen Harshman. We had went to Always Ron's for lunch. So we went to Ron's, and it was kind of a funny story with Karen Harshman. When I, I had met Karen Harshman back in 2010 when she was running for Board of Education. Um, in fact, it was on the day of the primary. We were both standing out in front of Williamsport High School, and Karen Harshman was handing out flyers, and I remember that Andy Sarah, I was helping Andy Serafini uh, hand out his materials to at the polls at Williamsport High School. As people were walking in, and I met Karen Harshman, and she walked up and said, "Hi, good afternoon. I'm Karen Harshman. I'm running for the Board of Education, and I would appreciate your vote." And I, uh, yeah, okay, all right. So, I mean, uh, you know, I had already, I think at that time I had already voted. So I, I, I have to be honest. In 2010, I don't even remember who I voted for. Um, in the Board of Education. That's bad. I know. But this is a tell-all. I am being frank, and I'm just going to be honest. I didn't. I don't remember. So I met Karen Harshman in front of Williamsport High School, and she was an affable, likable person. I didn't know anything about her, but she was out there earning votes, and she ultimately won that race, and she uh, became a board member uh, beginning in the spring of 2011. So <laughs> so I think I – I don't remember how I contacted some of these board members, but uh, yeah, I call I, – I talked to Karen Harshman, and uh, we, we went to Always Ron's. And I have to tell you, from the very outset, Karen was very pleasant at, at our lunch, and she was just asking me about what I wanted – why I was interested in running for the Board of Education, and she gave me a fair shot. I cannot deny that. She gave me a fair shot to hear me out, and I believe – Truly, and believe in paying homage to an incumbent. They deserve the respect that they deserve. And at that time, I knew that Paul Bailey wasn't running, so ultimately there was going to be an open seat available. So, um, and then with two incumbents, um, you know that's going to be difficult, hard to knock off an incumbent. And as you see from the last election results, that has proven again to be the dominant theory in politics in Washington County. If you're an incumbent, you have an added an advantage. So our lunch went very swell. Uh, Karen was very pleasant. We talked. It wasn't negative, and 
Uh, we didn't really talk much after that, but it remained cordial and above board. Um, Mike Gessford had reached out to me on Facebook to say that he was running. It was very courteous, and I walked. I came into his restaurant, um, and I think it was the uh, the, the Saturday before. I, th- I believe it was Saturday before um, I signed up to be a candidate in February. So Mike and I talked briefly, and up and let me tell you, up until that point, Mike Gessford and I had a good relationship. In fact, Mike Gessford reached out to me back in 2014 or 13, early. I think it was – I don't remember the exact date or month, but he had encouraged me to run for the – he had heard that I was considering running for the Washington County Central Committee, the Republican Central Committee in Washington County, and I had thought about it. And Mike did say that he would give me his support because we needed uh, – New people, we have to keep Republican seats, and I appreciated that. Uh, uh, you know, I had attended some of Mike's events. In fact, I watched some of the Republican debates in 2012 at Always Ron's, and um, Mike and I always had a friendly relationship. I first met Mike and knew of Mike when he was working for Jeff Klein back in 2010 when he first ran for commissioner, and Mike was always pleasant, and, and he is. That's The public front is very pleasant. Very just good old humble boy from Williamsport, but we'll talk a lot a bit more about that. Uh, I can tell you that um, our relationship, Mike's relationship, and I really suffered um, over the over the course of the last ten months, and it's unfortunate because uh, Mike turned out to be somebody that I I just can't. I don't. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I don't respect the guy. I, I just think he's done a lot of dirty things in this race. We'll talk about some of those things, and uh, I think Mike's hypocritical. Uh, the more that I got to know, um, I don't think Mike is fundamentally prepared for the job, but I'm just going to be honest. That's how I feel, and it's my show, and I can say what I want. <laughs> so uh, we kicked off the campaign. We just, we actually started door knocking. The first door, I'll never forget it. I was down – we were down in the town of Sharpsburg, and um, – at that time, I didn't even I did not even have any flyers. So I looked at Kim and I said, "So what should we do?" I didn't have any voter data to pick out the three four 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 voters that you do in the primary. Um, I ultimately ended up using um, Kim. What do we use? GOP database. Yeah, we used GOP database, and it was free. We looked into another service that was um, could. Might have been a little bit more effective, but it was a little bit out of our price range. So we didn't have any data. We just knocked on random doors in good old town of Sharpsburg, said, hi, I'm Ryan Miner. I am running uh, for the Washington County Board of Education, and I'm going to talk about some of my ideas. Um, So at that time, it was kind of a full-hearted endeavor to knock on a door without any campaign materials. But at least I want—I just wanted the feeling to knock on a door by myself as a candidate for the first time. And um, so um, it was fun. We had a great time. We spent about an hour knocking doors in Sharpsburg. We just kind of went to every other door. If we saw people on the street, we we stopped and talked. And this was the Saturday before, before the election. So, or I should say, before before I signed up to be a candidate. Um, we were in full campaign mode then. The day after, do you remember this? The day after I signed up to become a candidate, um, I went out and, do, and, and waved a sign 
on February 26th on the corner of the Bill Highway and Eastern Boulevard at the little gas station. I pulled up. It was 7 o'clock in the morning because I have to be at work at 8. So I pulled up, and I, I remember doing a Instagram video, and it was so cold that morning. It was like it had to be 20 degrees out. So I went sign waving in 20-degree weather. It was the best. In fact, I remember Dr. Wilcox rode by that morning, and he had to be thinking, oh, my God, this thing is starting already. This guy is crazy. But the reason why I wanted to get out so early because I didn't have the name recognition that other people did, uh, and I, I, you know, I wanted to make a statement that, yes, I'm in it, and I'm in it to win it, and I'm going to do what I know how to do to win campaigns and get exposure and do viral marketing and – uh, everything the candidates have to be prepared for, and I was prepared for. And you know, so from that point on, I almost every morning I uh, would go out early in the morning and sign waving. I went to Williamsport, and it started to get around the county that I was out there sign waving. And uh, some of the other candidates, I'm sure, probably thought, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't be doing that this early." And you know, right or wrong, we did what we wanted to do, and I had to make. The name that I am a hard worker because I'm just – remember, I'm some young kid coming into the election. Nobody knows who they are, and here he is out sign waving at you know 7 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes before uh, it even got light out, I was out there waving at cars with a with the sign. And, and let me tell you something. Um, we put this logo together. I'm kind of bouncing around here, but I'm, I'm speaking extemporaneously, so I don't, I don't have any notes in front of me. My good friend Stu Mollendor, who is a longtime Washington County uh, individual, former mayor of Boonesboro, and somebody who knows politics up inside down, he works at H. Hagerstown Book Printing. And Stu designed my logo because I went to Stu and I said, Stu, I need a logo. What do you What do you have? He returned it within a few days, and it was instant. I loved it. And many of you remember the logo, black, red. And uh, and white. It was a white lettering on black, and then I think board of Ed- board of education was was in red. And I I saw the logo, and I'm very picky with logos. And I I said to Stu, it's perfect. Kim, I, I showed Kim. I emailed it to her right away, and she said it's perfect. Don't change a thing. It was the it, I I just loved it. So we got my sign, and I. I remember going into Stu's office the day before I became a candidate. It was a Monday evening, and um, Libra Myers was in there as well. And he looks at me, and he says, man, you are crazy. He goes, these teachers are going to tear you apart. And I know he may have said – it was somewhat in jest, but there's a certain element of Leroy's infinite and sage wisdom that that did come true uh, because, as I will talk about later – some of the teachers did tear me apart. Um, so we got our first campaign sign. I said, I have to have this sign to be ready. So I had one sign for the longest while, and I'm going out, waving in cars, went to Williamsport, went to the major high schools, uh, middle schools, major traffic areas all over the county, and I had to mix it up. And if you know Washington County, uh, you know that it. You know if you're a candidate and you're running countywide in Washington County – or for any county that matter, it's huge. There's so much territory. There's almost not – there's not enough time, not enough time in even nine months to cover Washington County and run an – you can run an effective campaign. But 
it, it's just a massive amount of territory, and you have to be all places at all times. And for the majority of the campaign, Kim and I were uh, the the top people. We were we 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 did it all. We put up every sign, um, and it was it was. I, I'm, I think I'm hearing a helicopter. Yeah. Is that a helicopter? Uh-huh. Might be the president. He's listening in. The president of the United States is listening to this podcast, and I have gone big way too early. So I have peaked in my <laughs> short online radio career. Uh, so outside waving. Um, then we we did some more. So once we we decided not to buy any professional flyers in the primary. Um, so we decided that we were going to use the um, just some flyers with background information, issue positions. And I had come out early uh, with a defined set of issues, and I had talked to some of the current board members, and uh, I had talked to the other candidates. And I want to mention um, Henry House, uh, who Henry and I had worked together uh, all, during this campaign process, and Henry House and I first met in late February before we had signed up, and uh, we, we first talked about Rotary, and then we first talked, and then we went on to talk about the campaign. Henry and I shared a common philosophy in education, and we said, "Well, we're not going to run as a slate. That's not our style." But you know, that wasn't that was never in the mix. That was never in the cards. But we did collaborate with one another, and uh, you know. If Henry, if Henry is listening, he can call in. He's supposed to call in soon, but the number is 646-716-5971. Henry's going to call in and talk about a little bit about the campaign. Um, so Henry and I had uh, worked together throughout the primary. Uh, we had knocked on a lot of doors um, together, and um, we we got to know each other. And I have to tell you, getting to know Henry House um, – He's one of the finest guys I know, definitely. Uh, He's a smart man. He's a thoughtful person. And like I said, Henry House is a top-notch guy. He was a prepared candidate, somebody that you can trust that will give you his word, and we worked together. He gave me his word. He took a chance on me, and he took a lot of flack for that. He took a lot of flack from a lot of people who said you should not work with him. And, you know, (laughs) Henry will be a great friend till uh you know our last breath and uh so you know we we really got to know each other and I'm so happy that we did because I didn't really know Henry before this and we we built a great friendship so moving on in the campaign process it's the middle of March there was so many uh events and um we we went to everything that we could possibly go to after work on Saturdays I mean I went to everything because I had to build my name, and um, that's that's what you do. You go to these events, you show up, and you get involved in the community. Now, it, you know, I was already involved in the community, but you know, you show up, you go to the pancake breakfast. Oh my gosh! And the best thing is going to pancake breakfast. Uh, the Morgansville Ruritan serves the best pancakes ever, and I, I started getting Kim to go, and uh, you know, and one thing on the campaign trail, we luckily we did a lot of door knocking because. Uh, you get really fat, you know, and and I'm and I'll say this: I gained weight on, on during the campaign because it was <laughs> really stressful. That's what you do: you just you 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 get up, you go to work, you you go knock on doors, you eat, and you eat pancakes, pancakes pawn halls, pudding, 
<laughs> so, you know, you, you, you eat this stuff, and, you know, it's not nothing to tell me. You know, we're going to all these different, what, fairs and uh, different I – mean, it, was, it, was, it was fun. We, we had a lot – we saw the best of Washington County. Um, so we're dropping off signs. It's, it's the middle of March. We're starting to we, – we, 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 we started our website. We had a Facebook page. And, um, um, you know, people started saying, where can I get signs? Uh, how can I donate money to you? And um, people were generally interested in the campaign. So I remember we're, us going down to Dargan. Okay. We had no idea how to get that. We had no idea how to even – we can. Blindfold. We we can do it with, without GPS to get to Dargan. And Dargan is you know way below this or uh, um, Sharpsburg. Uh, you know miles and miles past Sharpsburg. We could do Kim and I could do it in our sleep. Remember that the day the primary night. We were up until what some ungodly hour of the morning. You know, and I bet Henry House can relate to us on primary night traveling all over the county. Henry, are you there? I am here, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. We're just talking about the we're dissecting the Washington County Board of Education race. And if it's only me and you on the phone talking about this campaign, well, we'll have a good conversation. So we were we're talking about the beginning months and the preparation and when we first you and I first had met one another and discussed uh talked about Rotary first and then we talked about the the campaign and what it would entail and uh you know, I I was just telling you know the audience here if there is an audience uh that you know you're probably thinking who is this kid why is he running and does he have any idea what he's about to get into uh actually no i mean (laughs) you had a whole lot more political pedigree than i did going into this ryan i mean i I, i'm the the guy who who raised three kids and put them through the public school system and said well you know maybe we could do a little better you're you you've been around political campaigns far longer than I have. Yeah. So, well, that, you know, I, I I was trying to glean some information from you when we first sat down to talk. But I, I I'll ne- that was an unforgettable conversation because uh, you had asked me some very candid questions and uh, and I think I gave you a uh, I think I gave you a, the response that you were looking for because um, you know when you first meet you know somebody that well one I was at the time I was in the process of joining Rotary and then. Two, we were beginning a, a campaign, and it was simultaneous. And uh, you know, one of the major tenets of Rotary is not to, you know, you can't use the Hagerstown Rotary Club to launch a political campaign. And I know that was a concern, and I and uh, fairly so. And uh, we talked a lot about that, and then we talked about the process and, and moving forward, and uh, some of the candidates. But and we got a chance to talk about the issues. So you, you remember that we've well, been. You know, to, to be fair to you, I mean, we, we, we had talked a couple times at uh, our Rotary lunches when you were candidating to be in the club. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you you were pretty much through the, the approval process. And, uh, you know, with me sitting on the board, it was, you know, just an opportunity to sit down and get to know because, you know, one of our uh, common friends, Dave Hanlon, mentioned that you were, you were contemplating running for Board of Education. And right. I thought, well, you know, the, what would be a better way than to, you know, sit down? A, you know, it, it was a matter of coincidence that, you know, you, you joined it, you know, you made an application for Rotary uh, during the, the same time that the you know, political following was, right. you know, about three months down the road. And, well, yeah. You know, and I didn't and, think there was any 
anything untoward to, to that, but at the same point, some people wanted to, you know, ask questions. And since that point, you know, you've proven you, you attend Rotary on a regular basis. You're active in the club. So, you know, you put those fears to rest fairly uh, quickly. Yeah, and I tried to. I mean, and, of course, you know, you know, I, I the message was loud and clear that not to use Rotary as any type of springboard. In fact, Dave Hamlin was very influential in that discussion as well, and we had talked aside um, separate from our conversation. And uh, Dave really um, wanted me to understand how beneficial Rotary can be, but that, you know, politicking is off limits in the club. And uh, and I, I took that message to heart. And, 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 and that was never, that was never, never my intention. But perception it can be reality and those uh those you know those issues were i think quickly put the rest because and i really do love rotor i mean every time i'm there and like today for instance the 100th anniversary which is a special thing you know, i i love everything about rotary in washington county and that's why i'm very uh you know i think uh the hagerstown rotary is fortunate to have you um, you know, with as often as I saw you on the street corner waving signs, I fully expected to pull up in front of Rotary uh, Fountainhead Country Club one time and, and see you out there waving as we pull into the parking lot, saying, well, I'm not on the Fountainhead property. I'm standing across the street. Um, right. it, you know, everywhere I turned around, because it, really the funny part was, you know, you talked about the, earlier about going in there and doing the following. Well, right. at that point, I, I was down in Florida with my grandkids uh, taking vacation. And, you know, the n- next thing I know is you're out there on the streets, you know, waving signs, and it's like negative four degrees or something in downtown Hagerstown. And, and people are blowing the horns at you. Know, I'm like, man, this kid's crazy, you know, to go out there and, and suffer with, with that weather. I, I think that gave you some uh, street credibility going out the door. Um, you know, getting through the the primary. I mean, you were more fortunate uh, in doing that than what I was. Well, let's talk um, about the primary. We, you and I, knocked a lot of doors. We went to a lot of neighborhoods. We went to, we went all over the county. We 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 did some lit drops, and uh, that was that was interesting. We we had a lot of fun. So, well, it, you know, it, it, you get to know somebody when you have to walk walk a mile in, in their shoes, and uh, I think we probably have a lot more than a mile in our shoes. I, I think we were probably plus 2,000 doors that we knocked on oh, yeah. uh, during the during the campaign. And, oh, yeah. And, I mean, we went all over. Good. I was going to say, we, I mean, we, went, we went to South County. Uh, we we did a, a huge portion. I mean, we knocked, you and I knocked a huge portion of uh, the north end of of across from uh, North Hagerstown High School, we knocked on those doors in Fountainhead. I mean, we, we and and but we would schedule every night, and it would usually be around five, five fifteen, five thirty, um, and we would go until dark. And then you remember you and then Henry, we knocked on all of halfway, all of halfway, uh, all of halfway. We knocked out, to, you know, like you said, across. And I think what people fail to realize is how much time it really takes to go and knock on these doors. Uh, not, I would say probably one in five doors actually get answered. But right. when when you're going through and you're knocking on these doors, you say, oh, across from North High, there's not that many homes there. We, we've spent, uh, what was it, about two and a half days uh, right. knocking doors in, in that neighborhood. And right. I think we covered everyone, but it, it was a massive 
undertaking. You know, same thing as Fountainhead. Fountainhead took two days of, of knocking doors in earnest to get Fountainhead recorded. Right. And uh, so, it, you know, so we're, we're you know, if people are listening now, we're talking about the 2014 Washington County Board of Education race. I'm talking on the phone with uh, my friend Henry House, who was a candidate with alongside me in the primary. And we were talking about the, the campaign process. We're talking about our knocking on doors, uh, knocking on, um, uh, going out and sign waving. And Henry, you're not a morning person, are you? Um, that is probably the biggest understatement you might make on the radio tonight. <laughs> you know, you say, oh, let, let's meet at 7 o'clock. I'm saying, well, how about 7.30? I, I, I struggle somewhere around about 20 minutes of 8. Well, you, um, you, well, usually we would get there between 7 o'clock, 7.05, 7.10, some mornings, and we would look at each other and we say, all right. Go do this. Let's let's get this over with. And but we we had a lot of conversation, a lot of strategizing, and and talking about the race. And um, you know, speaking of the race, we had eight candidates all together in the primary. And uh, beginning with Jackie Fisher, who was an incumbent, Karen Harshman, um, Mike Gesford, you, me, Mindy Martin, Peter Perini, and um, Dan Stauffer. So there was eight, mm-hmm. and so, and we, we kind of matched each other up. We talked, we 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 assessed each of the candidates, and uh, you know, I um, it, it seems like I just kept being the black sheep of the herd. And, well, you know, someone had to be, and I, I'm much happier it was you rather than me. <laughs> yeah, well, you, um, you it, took some blowback though from people. For 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 going out and campaigning with me, and and I never thought that, that was fair to you. And every time, and I remember you were so honest with me, and you told me, Ryan, this is what I'm hearing, and you remember the just dreaded look that I would have on my face each and every time that you would talk to me about this because it was pretty much the same thing. And but it, it still, it nevertheless took away the pain. It was it, it was painful to hear these bad things about you. And I and I got to tell you, Henry, I was so. I was really upset. I would go home to Kim and and we would talk about it a lot or we would, you know, after we were sign waving and I would say, "Oh man, Henry told me this." And I just felt bad because you I I don't I hope that your campaign didn't suffer because of anything that I have done. That's that and that's what I always feared. You know, the the, the bottom line is I ran the campaign that I stepped into. Right. Um it, you know, there's nothing that I did during my campaign or since the campaign ended that I'm I'm ashamed of. Um, I hope that there are some candidates or some elected officials now that can say the same thing, but um, I, I, I doubt that they, they, they might, I don't think they can look at themselves in the mirror regarding it. Um, but the, you know, the, the really the, the thing is, is, you know, I, I believe, and I think, you know, from talking to you that, you know, you, you were you were upfront with with some of the issues that uh, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, you've been involved in. And, yeah, I mean, you know, and, from, and that was never. I, you asked me straight straight out. Unlike a lot of people, you asked me, could this affect how you know? Have you changed? What what kind of guy are you? And I think that you you have a good sense of character. I think you can read people well. And you know, I struggle with that because. It, it was a constant struggle, a, a battle for me, an uphill battle each and every day, to really prove to people that I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a decent person. And 
and I know that you that was very I think that was palpable to you because you you felt my struggles. You knew what I was going through. And well, I would tell you, you know and I've said this to hundreds of people. If when I was in college or when I was in high school and we had uh everyone with a cell phone and uh tweeting or popping something on Facebook or whatever uh right. back during that, that time frame all of us would have had to live differently. Right. Okay? Right. I, I think, you, you know, we, we can look at uh, anyone who's gone through the teen years and gone away to college. We, we all have interesting experiences that uh, we do, and we, we just hope that there's no documentation on that as we, we mature. And because uh, of that, it, there seemed to be beginning in the primary, and not to the extent of the general, but starting in the primary, there seemed to be a core opposition that was forming against my candidacy, against my character, and they were putting, they were, they were pushing out information that was really detrimental and harmful. And um, it, and you saw it online. You saw some of the things that people were saying that they they were contacting you, and um, it, I think that really started to hit me probably in. March, April, maybe it was really from the very be- the outset of the beginning. And, and Ryan, I, I know at the same point, you know, I, I in, in the campaign process, I always tried to be honest and fair. Okay? Right. Um, if I had another candidate, if I saw Sam Stafford out and he asked me how things were going, I was going to try to be honest and fair to Stan uh, regarding what, what I've heard. Of course, right. my campaign is going wonderful, Stan. You know how about yours? But uh, right. the, you were uh, fair. You were very fair. Uh, you know it, because the promise I made to the most special person in my life when I decided to run was I'd have to look at myself in the mirror and live right. with the decision I made. Right. And as a Christian, I was not going to get myself entangled in things which I felt would not be proper for me to be represented. Right, and, and you stuck, you, and you go, stuck by your word. You did. You know, and, I I had people contact me um, regarding some of the questions regarding your background because we would right. go, we do our lit drop, we knock doors, and it's like, well, you know, you, you you knock my door. What what about Ryan Miner? Right. You know, I I hear all the stuff, and the only thing I could do was speak from my personal experience. Okay, I've known Ryan since January. He has never once displayed any of the questionable things that occurred in his past. And by the way, we all were young, and we all have made mistakes in our life, and you have to give him credit for taking ownership of his past. Right. And move forward. And that's, you know, that's sort of what my response was. And I would get a call from somebody else, or someone would hit me up on Facebook. I don't even know. Right, yeah. And and they're, they're just like, well... And I, I go back and, you know... I, and you put out a lot of fires, well, Henry. You, you, you put out a lot of fires for, for me, and I, and I it, sometimes, um, in, you know, un, unintentionally, but, you know, I think that you were there to... I mean, you were a buffer for a lot of people who really just didn't, w- said no from the very well, beginning. You, you know, it, also when you knock doors, yeah, you, you get a sense of where someone's opinion is. We, we knock the door... Uh, over here at Potomac Heights. And no matter how nice the, the person was that we spoke to, 
she just was not going to cast a vote for two conservative Republicans. I remember that, yeah. Okay, and and, and and Board of Ed is a nonpartisan race, but the first thing out of her mouth was, well, what party are you affiliated with? Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of silly because at the end of the day, every person who threw their hat in the ring, I would like to think, their sole concern was to ensure that the county's kids get the best education possible for the money that we invest. And right. we're making an investment in these kids to become good citizens in our community. Right. So we and, we, um, we we really started talking. You and I had an opportunity to talk about the issues when we were going door to door, which was the the best part. You know, forget about the the baggage, which was often haunting and, and lurking in the background. But there were many many positive aspects of our campaign. We got to talk about issues like Common Core. We got to address some of the logistical issues. We got to address budgetary issues. And do you remember those moments, Henry? Because those were very defining in this campaign. And you and I, when we could sit there, we could stand there, and without our better halves, we would we would stand there all day uh, for the lack of time. But you and I got to talk about issues, which was the best part. Well, you know, the, the whole whole race should be about issues and what's in the best interest of the kids. Okay, not not what is in the best interest of the teachers, Right. Not is not what's in the best interest of the budget. Not is not what is in the best interest of the administration or the bus drivers. This is about the kids. That's right. what the, the the campaign should be about. We we talked about Common Core with my gosh, probably thousands of people. Everybody and, that was the hot topic and people had accused me in particular, of taking Common Core and running with it as a partisan issue, but it was never like that. You and I talked at length in, in, you know, in our initial conversations about many, many pieces of the education policy, and we talked about Common Core, and both of us have fundamental objections to the way it was developed, the way that it's been implemented, and the standards in and of themselves were fundamentally flawed. And people who have children in public schools the parents said where that was always almost immediately their very first question and by the tone of their voice and by the, by asking that question we could pretty much tell how the rest of the conversation would go well you can and you know one of the issues i i really have an issue that i take issue with on common core is we're teaching to a test one mm-hmm. of the faults that we've had in our education system for the last two and a half decades is we're teaching to a test now we're, we're not only teaching to a test, but we're incentivizing the results. Right. Uh, we're overlooking a rounded education for someone to be able to fill in a bubble on the letter C and then follow up with a bubble on the letter B. And that's unfair to these kids. They're, they're, they're not getting prepared. I, when we were on vacation back during, uh, during the following deadline, and my granddaughter came in and said, can you help me with my homework? And I looked at her homework. like, well, yeah, this is pretty easy. And I add the numbers together, and she says, oh, no, you're doing it the wrong way. Well, when was the last time adding 24 plus 24 to make 48 became so complicated? Yeah, absolutely. Why do you have to spend three minutes to solve a simple math problem? 
and and parents, you could tell that they were aggravated by the process, and it wasn't because of our, you know, it had nothing to do with our local school board, um, but well, you could tell that they were so frustrated and so aggravated by the the materials their children were bringing home, and parents were clueless. Not they couldn't figure out how to help their kids, and the way that they were being taught the materials, it, it was so. Uh, you, you know, you you could feel the anger and and just the the outrage because they don't know how to adapt to these materials. And you know, as they would describe it, the old way of doing things made so much more sense than how they're being taught. And you know, I know that Common Core is centered upon having kids thinking critically, our students thinking critically about the materials, but it's not become that. Is that am I am I right in that assertion, Henry? Well, I mean, what we're doing is we're sending homework home. Okay, and we're expect we want parents to be involved in their children's education. That right. that is the mandate that you know me as a parent and now a grandparent. I want my daughter to be involved in my grandchildren's education. Also, we we right. need to sit down and watch them do homework. If you are sending home homework that is challenging for someone who has a college education to sit down there and put. 24 plus 24 together, and, and explain it in a the common core fashion. What are we doing for the majority of our population who has lacked the the opportunity of a college education? Maybe because of uh, economic or social development issues. They, we they, talked they about didn't have the opportunity. You and I had a we we talked about tying common core back into local control, and that was one of our major positions. And we we started the to develop our po- not develop our policy, but we we started to hone our policy on the campaign trail, and people often asked us, well, how do you th- what do you think about the Department of Education? How do you think about the state passing down so many mandates on local school boards? And that was a key tenant of our campaign. We talked about making decisions at a local level, having local autonomy to set our policies, rejecting these federal mandates, rejecting the massive burdens it places in the regulations and red tape. that it. And, and let's get down to being a solvable education system. And one of the major portions of our campaign, we got to talk about budgets. And coming from a business background, what was one of the most common questions they asked us? Do you remember this, Henry? You and I would knock on the door. I think it was out and across from the YMCA, and this person, at this, it was a teacher at the Barbara Ingram School, they said, are you guys teachers? No, we're not. And some people were flabbergasted. They were incredulous that we weren't teachers but we're running for the school board because somehow this uh, myth has permeated the, the air that only teachers are allowed to run for school board. You and I ran into that sometimes on the campaign trail. Oh, we, we ran into it frequently when we knocked on the door of a teacher's house, we had the one individual that we knocked on uh, just down from the sheets and halfway. Right. I think you remember this this individual particularly well. Um, well, you know, my spouse teaches at this school. Why do we put so much money into Barbara Ingram? Because they're just, you know, we're just wasting money there. Right. And this is they, right after they, they made the announcement about how Good of an education our local kids are getting at Barbara Ingle. Right. <laughs> yeah. how, how in the world can you quantify the, the value of a dollar to someone being successful and graduating and getting into uh, some really special colleges and having opportunities that may not exist that they would have gone to their local high school? 
Speaking of Barbara Ingram, you and I had the opportunity to attend The Wizard of Oz, and it was just a spectacular production. And I, my hat is off to the Barbara Ingram School for the Arts that is located in downtown Hagerstown on South Potomac Street. You know, that, that is raw talent that we saw on stage. And I remember, did, did you go to the library event where you could meet the, the cast of Barbara Ingram School? I think it was an event. It was, almost, it was focused around reading and the cast of Barbara Ingram School. Uh, it, it was focused around reading, and I had, I believe it was a, a rotary function that evening I was, okay. uh, I was uh, involved in. I know you went to that. Yeah, I took uh, my wife uh, to the Wizard of Oz show, and I, I was just floored. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I mean, it was brilliant. literally floored with the the talent that these kids presented on stage. Um, you know, having gone to uh, you know been in a high school play myself, I, I was nervous as anything when I was in my high school play. And, and these kids not only did the high school play not just in front of the parents, but in entire in front of the entire community at the Maryland Theater. And it's so impressive the the work that the entire school comes together. And the execution and the how I mean words don't describe. But you know, I, I did a Facebook post, you know, shortly after that, saying about you know, I, I was floored because I, I the other side of my family ha, has the arts talent. They they are excellent musicians, and I have a cousin who is into theatrics and teaches at a right. community college down towards Baltimore. And they have that ability. I don't have that ability. Right. And to right. see 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 these kids uh, who are younger than my kids at the, at that point uh, perform on stage and do such a wonderful job of it, you know, just gives credit to the teachers that we have within the uh, within the Barbara Ingram School. And it shows that having pro, you know, special schools like Barbara Ingram to develop given skills is really, you know, the boutique school movement that Dr. Wilcox has sort of envisioned for the county right. um, really is a, a great idea. It not only would benefit uh, developing downtown and also utilizing additional school properties, you know, as we've migrated into, you know, we, maybe we've outlasted the, the use of, you know, the Frederick Street complex and, and we can turn it over into the fire and rescue uh, right. training and, Speaking of the boutique model, I don't remember whether or not we were asked this question, but think back to our Teachers Association interview. We were invited by a letter uh, in early March, and we had interviews. I think they were scheduled pretty much on the same day. Do you remember the Teachers Association interview process? I, I remember the process. And, you know, going into that, <laughs> I didn't anticipate getting an endorsement. Neither did I. Um, I think I shared that with you. You did. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's only because we weren't past teachers. And I, I understand the teacher's concern. They they want to take care of their own. Okay, so th those who were past teachers normally would sort of get the bid unless, unless you have proven to be extremely teacher-friendly. And th this is where I really – I want to turn the tables. <laughs> I'm not – as an elected official, if I would have won, my job was not to take care of the teachers' union. Right. My job was to ensure that we properly utilize the funds that are available to us so 
the teachers could properly prepare the students to be valuable members of our community. You and I walked in the Teachers Association under no false pretenses or assumptions that it would be extraordinarily difficult for two people from the business community, from uh, the private sector, from uh, our backgrounds, having not spent uh, time in education. I mean, I substitute taught in the public schools beginning in 2013 and intermittently was a substitute in the public schools. Nonetheless, that doesn't really that that's not really what they considered actual teaching experience. We walked into that with no uh, assumption that we would even get this. And we were, were told, but you know, I was called, they had told me that um, I was not given the interview. But do you remember your phone call? Do you remember that day? <laughs> it was oh, I remember my phone call. Um, I know initially they tried to call on my, my home line, and my wife referred them over to my cell phone. And I got the phone call. It wasn't from the the president of the association. It was from another individual there. And it was a fairly short, sweet phone call. Mr. House, I just want to let you know that you're not receiving the uh, Washington County Teachers Association endorsement. I said, you know what, have been better. And please have a nice day. They should have sent a barbershop quartet to give us that announcement. You know. Well, you, it to know, our at, at the same point, it, you know, one of the things that makes our country great is people holding different opinions. Absolutely. And I, I can respect that they have a they have an issue driven agenda to try to guarantee that their teachers stay employed within the county and that they maximize the pay that their employees make. Absolutely. Okay. I, I have no problem with that. We both work in independent businesses. What more do we want them to have to try to get our boss to give us a couple more dollars in our paycheck each week? Some of the issues that okay. the some of the issues that the Teachers Association champion mainly my problem, and and I think going into this is that I really left out nothing in the interview about who I was. I support school choice. Uh, I support uh, school vouchers. Uh, and I support issues that are very incongruous with the central committee, or uh, central committee, with the with the teachers association. And they they knew that I was never going to be their candidate. And some of the positions that they espouse, they they genuinely like former teachers. Um, so we always kind of figured out that it was going to be the former teachers. Is that right, Henry? Uh, we did. I mean, I was surprised that one of the former teachers didn't get a tab because they, they came out and they endorsed uh, Karen in, in the process and Stan. Um, right. I, I was surprised that Jackie Fisher didn't receive their endorsement because she's a past teacher. Uh, but, you know, when you were talking about you know, school vouchers and, and school choice, you know, I was asked the question, and was, well, what's your position on charter school? And I, I, I looked at them straight, and I said, I don't see any reason within our local community that we need charter schools when our schools are excelling at preparing students to move on to the next grade or to enter society upon graduation. Now, if we fail in that regard, then we need to have another avenue that we can develop students to be prepared to contribute to society. 
and they just sort of looked across the table at one another. So I asked them to take their ownership of it. If the, the teachers' association is so concerned about school vouchers and private school, then let's get the teachers the resources they need if they need additional resources um, to perform their job to a level that is above their peers in the, in the surrounding communities. And you, 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 they, they just, I, I don't know, maybe it just didn't gain any traction with them. Uh, you know, they asked me, well, what about maintenance of effort? Would you pursue getting more money for maintenance of effort? I think you, you had, had that question too in your interview. You feel that right? Hello? Well, it sounds like we may have lost Ryan Minor in this. I'm not hearing any response back. Ryan? Henry, are you still there? I'm still there. What happened? Oh, my gosh. We're having – as always, we're still working out the kinks, and I'm – I don't know. My laptop – Went screwy, so you can make fun of the Mac that I'm using. Um, uh, well, you, you know that that that's that's certainly fodder for for a joke, but I, we'll save it for another time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, I I don't know what happened. I I apologize. Um, so <sighs> let's go back to. I want to I want to skip forward a little bit. We talked about some of the events that you and I both attended, and mm-hmm. uh, I want to so. Do you remember the debate that we prepared, or not the debate, but it was more of a forum, and well, you yeah, and I... we had the forum, and, you know, the, the funny thing was is that we sat down, I, I think we both polled a couple of the incumbents right? Uh, for, for, well, what do you think might be some questions that we'll receive at the forum? Right. And they, they gave us some insight, and, I, you know, we both sort of did our homework, I, 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 I being the person I am, I, I sat down there and sort of you know, drafted out you know three pages worth of information <laughs> to refer to, and, and we go up there for the forum, and there wasn't a single question <laughs> over what the what were the pressing issues that we had experienced from knocking doors right. for over a month. There was not a single question, and then then the the real kick in the seat of the pants was there was a vacant seat. <laughs> we we were. The excuse from said vacancy to, was that they were out of town. And you would think that a person that was had a lot of signs out, that had a lot of support, would show up and give his perspective on the issues, on policies, and this person didn't show. But it wasn't just once. It was twice. And we never knew where this person really stands. And to this day, I stand by that assertion. We still don't know where this person stands on the issue, but I digress. The the the, the debate, the forum, there was seven of us. And for the most part, I think it was fairly boring. The Herald Mail was uh, the host of the debate. They were uh, They questioned us about basic education policy. And I only think we got, what, three or four questions? Uh, I think we each fielded three questions, uh, and then we had one community question. Right. And, you know, the the real, I guess sort of the, my viewpoint of things, it would have been a lot more entertaining if we could have questioned one another. 
<laughs> if, if if I could have looked into Ryan Miner's eyes and said, Ryan, please tell me how you think you can fix the Common Core issue in Washington County. Right. That would have been that. You, you know, I I welcome being questioned by the audience. You know, one of the questions that really I I got and it it came out of left field and looking at the other people within the the audience the incumbent school board members I think thought it came from left field. Can you tell me what is the advantage of going to a six period day over a seven period day? Right. Um how many doors we had knocked on a thousand plus doors at that point. Right. We had never heard any concerns. No, we haven't. Uh, and you, 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 you're scratching your head. Uh, I'm stammering at the microphone trying to come up with an articulate response for a question that I didn't even knew the problem existed. And we followed up with some of the music educators out in Smithsburg Middle School. Remember the event that we went to uh, yeah. out at Smithsburg Middle that School? That was the uh, following uh, night, I believe. It. Or, yeah, or it was very close. You know what? You, you're you're right. It was the following night. It was on a Tuesday evening. You and I went out, and Stan Stalfer was there, and magically, the Mike person who was out of town had returned, had returned back, and coincidentally showed up directly the, the night after, uh, <laughs> the night after that a question was posed to us about the six versus seven period day. And the argument obviously was that the educators uh, were very irritated with the six-period day. They wanted to go to the seven-period day for uh, certain policy reasons, for more time, for more instruction. And um, you know, we we sat there, we we listened, and uh, you know, it was those kinds of moments in the campaign that really defined it. We 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 had we 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 were receptive. We were it, it was an enjoyable process. And during the primary campaign. There wasn't the negativity that you saw firsthand that we talked a lot about. There wasn't a real whole lot of negativity during the primary campaign. Am I am I correct in that assertion? Well, I, I don't think there was – because it, it was such a vast field. I mean when I had decided to throw my hat into the ring, I was anticipating four to five of people who I knew were going to run. Right. And then – all of a sudden, you know, thinking we weren't going to have a primary, um, at the last minute, a couple people who I didn't anticipate following followed. And that's okay. Yeah, I mean, they surprised some other people by following, and that's okay, and they're, they're free well, to do it. I didn't find out that um, Peter Perini was going to file until the afternoon of the 25th. I had no idea, and I don't think you did either. I didn't either, and, you know... I know Peter personally. We, we, our kids were close in age, but uh, we've also he was a soccer referee, and I, I'm a soccer referee, so we've worked together. So right. I gave Peter a call, you know, after I heard he followed, and you know, I invited Peter to come out to Rotary, and you know, it, it was a, a time that we could sit down and sort of talk about, you know, Peter, why are you running, and Henry, why are you running, and you know. Give him an opportunity because Peter's a past president of the Hagerstown Rotary Club, so it gave him a chance to catch up with some of the people in the, in the room. Right. Um, so you know, it was a little surprising, and there there was there was rumors about some other people following, but 
you know, it didn't materialize. So I guess we were fortunate it was just eight. Well, Ideally, it would have been I, better. We knew about Stan Stalford because he was the first out of the gate, and he announced, I think, the previous year. Um, uh, didn't he announce just about as soon as they were done counting from the previous election? <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, Stan, Stan was about six months in advance of the following deadline. I think well, he, I he, he came out somewhere in September. Stan was my former teacher at Williamsport High School. He taught me government in ninth grade, and uh, Stan and I had reconnected through Facebook after I graduated high school and Facebook became a thing, and Stan was there, and we, we had conversations. And I have to tell you, you know Stan from uh, refereeing soccer. I know Stan from his te- being a teacher at Williamsport High School. Stan and I were good friends. We went out to lunch together. We had... Uh, we had talked about the campaign process, and Stan had told me early on that he was going to run for the – that he was considering running. And you know, thinking back, I encouraged Stan to run for the Washington County Board of Education, and this is not really – this is at the time where I was not familiar with the, I guess, political dynamics of the race and uh, had not considered at the time that I would be a future candidate for the board. But Stan and I got along well. Um, but then, you know, I think Stan joined up with two other people who he seemingly thought that he could win with. And out of the three, he was ultimately, I, I thought at the time, was the strongest candidate of the three. But it turned out to be the opposite in, in, in the election results. But, um, you know, I, it, it was just yeah, – I, I knew that Stan was running uh, first, and we of course we knew that uh, Karen Harshman was going to run. She made no mm-hmm. secrets about that. Jackie Fisher was sort of the toss-up. No, people had heard rumors that she wasn't going to run, but then at the last minute we heard that Jackie was going to run, and she did file. And you know, Jackie was successful with that. You know, but she was. going back on on Stan, you, you know, I reached out to a mutual acquaintance who was involved with the Republican Central Committee uh, for a number of years, and right. I said, well, you know. I don't want to go into this blindly. I'd like to at least talk to my home party to let them know before I file. And he was also friends with, with Stan. He called me back up and said, do you mind if I invite Stan along? I said, no, that would be great. Stan's a Republican. So we both sat down there and, you know, we had a chance to, to talk to the central committee. And, you know, I think that's important that you can communicate where you stand. And, you know, I had some interesting questions that were uh, tossed at me during the during the uh, little process, and it, it shows some some real aptitude to what the concerns are in our community. The, the concerns are that the people who graduate from schools are ready to work. Right. Okay. The, the, these people are successful uh, business leaders and employers in the in the community. Uh, they've raised families of their own. They're looking for people with skilled trades ability. When they they go out there and they want to hire a plumber, they want to make sure that the plumber has some aptitude to know, you know, how to glue a a PVC joint together and to use the right adapter for this or that. Right. And, you know, these were the type of questions. And that was my first political experience uh, of the, you know, I think at that that evening we had about seven seven people from the central committee there, and it was my first you know experience you know talking. They 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 asked me some direct questions and I answered them to the best of my ability and things I didn't know how to answer, 
I said, I'll be more than happy to look into it deeper for you and let you know my position if you want me to do so. I didn't and go to that interview. Remember that? I didn't go. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that was your choice. Uh, you know, but I, I thought it was important to reach out to them because I, I sort of think, you know, whether I be Democrat or I be Republican, you should talk to the, the party that you you list as your affiliation before you step and throw your hat into the ring. And that that's that's me. Okay, that's not Ryan. That's not anybody else. That's me. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm. If you're listening in now, I'm on the line with uh, Henry House. Uh, we're talking about the 2014 Washington County Board of Education. And if you want to be on the line with uh, myself and Henry, uh, the guest call-in number is six four six seven one six five nine seven one, and that'll patch you directly into uh, me, the host. Uh, Henry, would you mind st- staying on for um, the remainder of the uh, the show, and we can kind of hash out some of the other issues that unfolded through the campaign? Sure. We have, what, about a half hour left? Yeah. Is it past your bedtime? Okay. Well, no, Brian. I, I, I'm I'm a late riser, but, uh, you know, I go to bed fairly late also. Right. We're fast-forwarding, and I want to fast-forward to a memorable day in our campaign. And <laughs> do you, do you, So it was the Sunday where we were invited to attend the church service. You remember the invitation. Uh, I remember we, the invitation, yes. Yes, so, uh, yes, Emmanuel Baptist Church. Uh, pastor, is it Curtis? I can't remember his last name. Uh, uh, Dr. Curtis uh, Strong, is it? I, you know what? I can't remember. Right? But no, King. Curtis King. Curtis Dr. King. Curtis King. So yes. he, he had sent out an invitation uh, from his church and invited the different candidates, and we had a good showing that Sunday I think it was the second Sunday in June, and uh, you came, I came. We were the only two Board of Education candidates came, and I remember Dan Bongino came, uh, Neil Parrott was there, uh, Mike McKay was there, uh, several of the candidates running for uh, uh, the judge uh, of the Orphans Court. Uh, They came, uh, several of the commissioner candidates. Uh, A couple alternatives to uh, the the governor's race uh, from – Unaffiliated parties were there. That's right. Uh, I remember. It, it, it was very interesting because, uh, of, you know, some of their platforms I, I think sort of went contradiction to uh, EBT's uh, platform. But it, you know, it's a great opportunity to to reach out and talk. And you know, the a lot of the people from EBT, you know, some of them I went to high school with, but my my high school uh, physics teacher was actually in the auditorium that day, so I got to see her for the first time, and we won't discuss how many years. Right. Um, but, <laughs> you, you know... <laughs> so, yeah, we had a great experience. We had an opportunity to go up in front of the congregation and give our spiel. Uh, they gave us a set strict guidelines of what we could say. Uh, some people went over, some people went under, but uh, nonetheless, it was still an opportunity to introduce ourselves as candidates and be able to... Uh, uh, talk about our faith, but as it relates to public office. And there was a memorable, memorable event that took place after that, and uh, I think you remember this vividly. Uh, you weren't part of it, but I did call you almost immediately after it happened. I was driving home. I was with Kim. We were driving back because uh, we were going to do uh, some door knocking that day, and we got a call from a friend who told me that – there was a 
anti-makeshift sign up in the big pool area. Do you remember this? Oh, I, I, re- I remember seeing it on Facebook. I remember, you know, how, how things transpired uh, during that. And Yeah, so this I, is I know what we, we talked. Yeah, and, you know, I, you know, I, because I always ran everything across you, and I said, you know, what do you think about this? So um, we were driving back, and it was at the time that we, I decided that I was going to go up for myself and see what it was, uh, because the person who called me, uh, they did not give me a picture. They just told me about it. So we, we drove up. We saw the sign sitting in the front yard, and I did not know whose home that was. Kim and I pulled off on the side of the road, and we we proceeded to walk up the driveway. I took a picture of the sign, and I decided – I made a judgment call to knock on the door, and here I am standing in a full full suit. <laughs> I had a, a, a bow tie. You know, I'm, I'm known for my – Classic bow tie that I wear, and I'm Kim and I were you know we were all in our church clothes, and uh, we knocked on the door, and a young lady opens the door, and I said, "Hi, my name is Ryan Miner, and I'm just curious. Um, you have a sign that is clearly in opposition to my candidacy, and I was just cons- I was just wondering, you know, did I do something to offend you? Did I do something to upset you? Is there a reason for that? Because you know, Henry, not many people in a board of education race." would go to the, the length of time to make a sign in opposition to someone. And I remember the sign said, uh, no, Ryan Miner, and do your research. And in K-N-O-W-N-O was highlighted in capital red lettering. It was a little play on, on words. And I, I got into a conversation with this individual, and I said, look, I – you know, she she proceeded to to detail the the baggage issues, um, and it turns out this person had deep con- education connections and ties into the teachers association, and they did not like my position on Common Core. They did not believe that I was a reputable person, so they were very passionate about it. And looking back in retrospect, um, I probably shouldn't have knocked on the door, um, but I'm curious, and I, I, I you know it wasn't. I've got accused of stalk, you know stalking somebody that I was harassing them that it was an unfortunate episode it demonstrated it was indicative of my anger problems and you know all this stuff got thrown at me and yeah I can I, I can see where I you know that you know taking the bait and they can run with that and make that into anything that they they want to but really my goal in that was just to find out why somebody had a sign I mean it's on their property they can't do anything, you know. If it was sanctioned by any election committee, then you know, obviously they would have to have an authority line. And I even said that, and she misconstrued it that I said she couldn't have the sign uh, because it didn't have an authority line and that it was against the law. No, that's not what I said. But it was very awkward, unpleasant moment. And looking back on that, I, I really do regret that. I, I regret that I knocked on the door, and um, you know, I the, this person. Clearly had a an involvement at a, at a much d- deeper level. What what do you make of that situation? Well, you know the the, the uniqueness with with that is we we also experienced some of that when we were around door knocking, right? And you know we we might knock a door and you no know, I, I I don't want to I'm not voting for you. Yeah, and it, it, you know it, it's really that simple. I'm not voting for you. Or we we knock on a door and someone has and we joked about this a couple times 
they, they have a no solicitation sign on their front door. And right. it's about at the height that someone who is incredibly vertically challenged or still wear, wearing diapers uh, would be the, about the only people that could see it. Uh, because most people do not look around at knee level when they're going up to knock on a door. And, you know, when you're knocking a door as a political candidate, technically you're not soliciting because you're going through, you're trying to get a, get someone to vote for you, but to me solicitation is trying to generate a sale and right. something that would be for profit. Uh, so, you know, when we did that one door, and th- this was an interesting one, and said, well, <laughs> you're running for Board of Education, but you can't read. And <laughs> that was in half that way. My mind is well. Apparently, you don't own a, own a dictionary because you don't understand the term solicitation. Yeah, or but, you don't know a, a measuring tape because you clearly can't see where <laughs> to put a sign. <laughs> and you and I stood there almost dumbfounded for a few seconds, and she slammed the door shut. And you and I looked at each other and were like, "Did that really just happen? My goodness!" She basically told us that we're we we're illiterate, we can't read, and uh, so we left, and we had a good joke for that. For a while, but right, many but, these... you know, time and time again—not time and time again—but you know, it happened on the campaign trail that we occasionally run into individuals that just do not share our vision, and they're not pleasant when they don't share our vision. Or they just you know, didn't want the people, people showing up to their door. Right. Uh, you know, most of the time, and you know, that that day in Smithsburg, we knocked on one one guy's door. You guys always do that at dinner time. I guess he oh, thought I maybe we, we were Bible salesmen. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, you know, yelling at us and then slamming the door. Okay, I can take rejection. Okay, right. that's to be expected. Um, you know, when they say, well, I'm not voting for you, I I understand. That's fine. I just want to introduce myself and, and, and carry on my way. Right. People are allowed to disagree with us when we're out there on the campaign trail. And that's Absolutely. One, and, and, you know, one of the biggest things that I think we both learned is just because they, they reject us out of hand doesn't mean our message is wrong. just means that they, they're not hearing right. Right. Um, uh, it, there was many people who, uh, even before listening to uh, my positions on the issues that would reject my candidacy. So, you know, I want to fast forward again to – the primary day, the night before the primary, you and I um, worked together to place our signs. We were up late that night. You and I, I think you went to the western half of the county. I went to the eastern and southern part. And you and I started around five, or probably around what seven o'clock, putting up uh, yard signs. It was still light out at the time. We yeah, almost, well, we, we we sort of jumped the gun, and we were ready to get out there when we we thought we yeah. were allowed to, and apparently we 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 jumped the gun and we quickly ran and took our signs down ran back out and started the, the process all over again. That was a late um, night. Uh, it was a late night. And, a lot of gas. And, you know, figure I had uh, North End. I had oh, yeah. ba- basically the entire Mason-Dixon line, Hancock over to Cascade. Yeah, it was and a busy you, night. You took care of uh, the, the southern part of Hagerstown down through South County. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, Henry, we we started out at, probably about 7 o'clock, and just to get to South County alone, those three precincts at uh, the Roarsville Precinct, uh, the Dargan Precinct, and the uh, the Pleasant Valley, and then circling back up to Sharpsburg, Keatesville, Boonesboro, and then up to Smithsburg. 
Henry, that was probably about a two and a half hour uh, turnabout. I mean, there, that's a lot of time. This county is huge. This county has a very large footprint. Uh, we have a plethora of election locations. Right. 53, and, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, for the population that we have, we have a lot of election locations. I, I remember stopping in Big Pool to, yeah. put our, you know, to put the signs out. And I'm like, how many voters are in this precinct? And I look, I'm, I'm just amazed. A lot. Um, well, in Big Pool, there really wasn't a, a, a ton at the one one location. Clear Spring had, had a good bit. Hancock had a good bit. But, you know, the, the other one was just sort of, you know, tucked into a, a little nook and cranny there as you got off. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we got all our signs up. I got up early the next day on primary day. As always, I, I'm a traditionalist. I like to vote uh, on election day, and I voted uh, at my precinct, and we went out and traveled around the county. Uh, you had a lot of signs out on election day. Um, you know, we, we, we were well covered. We went to some of the major precincts. Kim and I went to South Hagerstown High School. We went to Williamsport High School. Uh, I went out to uh, the, the the North End. Uh, we we really went all over. So we were um, we were out till late at night. And uh, I think the last precinct on primary night I went to was the the halfway precincts to check out what was going on. And it was busy. Uh, the 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 so called Gessford, Harshman, and Stauffer. They had not formed the slate at that time, but you they were obviously working together. We'll talk about that here momentarily. But on primary night, we were going to all go to – we had scheduled a a, a little get-together, 28 South. And I, I, I thought to myself I, – I, I had this process in my mind where I always do this. I, I began to doubt myself. I began to kind of let the shock sink in that this all could be over and – you know, I decided ultimately that I just wanted to go back to my mom's house uh, in halfway and spend it with Kim and her. And we sat down. We waited for the election results. And when I first saw early voting precincts, uh, the early voting precincts come in, I looked at Kim and I said, we're done. Because I came in uh, at the bottom, near the bottom on the early voting precinct. And I never, I never quite understood why unless it was just the people who had already made up their minds. Uh, but then, as the results were rolling in, you know, I was up, I was down, and it was, you know, it was touch and go there. And on election day, Henry, I had ever, I, I, you, I, I thought you were going to get it overwhelmingly, and I thought you were going to even surpass. You know, I thought you would be within the top two or three voter vote gap. So, I mean, we talked about it. We kind of all. We, we we talked about the numbers so often and put put together so many different scenarios. And you know, when when you were coming up short and I said, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen here, I mean what was that like? What was it like? Uh yeah. well, what, what I mean, is it? <laughs> you, you sit back and you, you look at well what what did I possibly not write during the campaign? Um I should have had my signs out. I had my signs in hand, I should have had uh, more signs out uh, before election day. That that was probably the the biggest mistake I made during the the course of the campaign. The uh, 
you know, sitting there and you're watching the results trickle in and, you know, you get another update and you say, well, you know, maybe we'll do better in the next precinct. And your numbers come in. Well, maybe we'll do better in the next precinct. Eventually, it comes to the realization that you know the, the last you know 45 days you spent you know getting to know people and things. The the return on that investment. Um, I, I think the people who I knocked doors on and I talked to and got to reach out to, I think I got a, a good response from. But you're still going to not get every response. And then, you know, you sit back and you look, well, there's some areas that I really should have tried to get out to, but there, this county, you know, it was a, underestimating the size of the county to go out and knock doors. Right. And, you know, the biggest excitement I had on election day was actually I had my grandkids with me. Right. And what we did is, you know, after I went, like you, I, I got up early, I went out, I, I, I cast my, my ballots. We went, picked up the, the grandchildren, and we we gave them a civics lesson and took them around, showing them the various uh, different voting sites and waved and say he- he- hello to people as they walked in. And, you know, we spent, the I guess, probably about six hours with them that day. Um giving them a, a chance to understand the political process. If there's anything I take out of that election, from the election day, the, the most enjoyable thing I had was spending the time with my grandkids, teaching them something that probably not too many other kids ever get to experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it's disappointing when you lose. But, so we have um, – absolutely, Henry, and I, I was so disappointed that you know you, you didn't get through – uh, because I think you you would have been a formidable candidate, and uh, I think the dynamics would have played out much differently. So we have 15, 14 minutes left in the show, and there's a lot that we didn't get to that I wanted to get to. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics and the general election and someone from you know who was analyzing this from and talking about from your perspective. So we had a, we had a bunch of different things happen during the general election that were very potent. Uh, hardball politics, and so I want to talk beginning in about uh, September. Um, I, I'm going to skip the the Toby Freebird encounter, and you know, to, just to say one thing about that is that that situation was completely blown out of all proportions. Uh, it wasn't told anyway, like it was told on social media and the subsequent media that ensued. Afterwards, on social media by Mr. Freebird and some of his people was just outlandish. And I, you and I talked at length about that situation, and it was just – it got out of control. <laughs> well, you know, you, you control the issues you can control. Right. Um, and, you know, it, just quickly on that, and, and we talked about there yeah. there was a no win in that situation. None. None. You, you know, uh-huh. you, if you went and you confronted the young the the, the young man, uh, there, there was no win. You're you're not going to persuade him to change his his tone, right? Uh, and at the same point, not only did you not persuade him to change his tone, his tone, you gave him 15 seconds of fame. Oh, it did, and Which, it was. You know, we went down, and it wasn't a a pre-planned. Uh, Project. It, it was very coincidental, and you know, I, I just wanted people to understand that. And 
we, we I got into a discussion with him, and it was just completely blown out of proportion, not talked about. And the next day, we were watching Facebook early on Sunday morning because I had seen him on a Saturday. It, 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 he, I, I had a, a 20 different shares of his status, and it just went viral on social media. I had people contacting me left and right saying, oh, Ryan, what did you do? Did you yell at a, a 17-year-old uh, at his place of work? <coughs> and, you know, in, in actuality, uh, it's a place that Kim and I frequent often. In fact, I, I remember you and I went to the Desert Rose yep. Cafe. Uh, it wasn't random. It wasn't just like I showed up. I am personal friends with the owner Rose. Uh, we've been friends for quite some time, and yeah, I don't, I don't really want to dwell on that. But uh, looking back on that encounter, um, you know, I think I, it was a learning experience. That was a teachable moment, and uh, you know, I never. Mr. Freever described me as a bully, and I, I, I just, I really take umbrage with that statement because nothing that we said, even remotely close, was was bullying or being aggressive. I, I, I talked just like this and just asked him questions. I never demeaned him, as he said, and he got his 15 minutes of fame. But hey, you know, you, he wrote a letter. He fundamentally misled people about his age, and I, you know, I don't really have much more to say but about you, that. You know, again, you know, this, this is something that is a learning experience from water under the bridge. He had, had his fame. His, his father got a, a set of coattails to, to ride yeah. on his. So, you, you know, the, the other issues teacher. you, you, you face. teacher in our school system. Right. So. Um, but, you know, some of the other issues you faced is uh, all of a sudden you started to get uh, three names on, on one sign, um, which, which yeah. made, made a, a, a stronger that. battle. So you know that that made a, a more challenging foe uh, to to try to defeat. Now, I'm I think the county should always be leery when you see multiple names appear on a sign, right? Because that to me says is there someone within the three or someone within the two who may not be worthy, and they're trying to take advantage of the situation. In every indication of the word, in every. They, it, it, there was nothing that was unambiguous about their intentions, Henry. They were a slate, just without the authority line and the and the and the campaign finance account that officially designated them as a slate. They were a slate. They, they this was planned. Mike Gesford was probably likely the leader. Uh, Karen Harshman signed on because she probably thought that she was the weak, the weakest of the three. Uh, Stan Stauffer. He may have reluctantly signed on, but nonetheless, he still signed on. They campaigned together. Well, you they were... know, they probably coordinated that when they were discussing school policy in, in Mike's restaurant. Huh. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, they uh, back in the the, the summer, uh, they had a meeting that they went, they all attended, including the county commissioner, uh, and it was held at Mike Gasper's restaurant with two sitting board members. Two candidates, a county commissioner, talking about a personnel issue, and as board members, Henry, what do you make of this? Should they have shown up to that meeting? Was it was it out of the ordinary for them to be there together, and could this potentially have violated ethics? Well, let's, let's look at, A, the restaurant was closed that day. Monday, it was okay, a Monday so that, or a that, Tuesday? It, it was Monday. a it was a Monday from what I recollect, 
uh, the, the the place was closed. And you know, one one of the rules of thumbs that I think any politician who's involved abstain from the appearance of evil. This might seem silly, might seem naive, maybe it is naive, but if you think at all meeting in a situation like that could be misconstrued, you should step away from it. You should step away, especially with a personnel issue that was talked about during closed session with – and here's the thing. What's the purpose of that meeting? What was really the true purpose? Were were they going to just hear somebody out? Was it political reasons? Was it an attempt to possibly influence the decision-making body? Because if it was, they certainly didn't do anything, and they – you know, the person who told me had direct knowledge of this incident taking place, and it went – I think it, and it went viral, and they chalked it up as it was just a, a, an, unmade, an unplanned meeting. Melissa Williams just casually stopped by when a restaurant was closed. So you mean to tell me that two board members well, – She may have left her doggy bag there from Sunday night. <laughs> And she stopped by to pick it up. She stopped I, I by mean, to pick up a you, bag of food. I, I mean, what were they let, doing let, there? Let's give a little bit of latitude that um, there was no malicious intent. Okay? That no, they were just was, sitting there. I, I don't no, there and, wasn't and, and they're all friends, and they, they, they're, they were sitting there, and uh, the, the owner of the restaurant has no problem with people coming in when his business isn't open. Right. Oh, let, let, let's just, let's move that aside. Let's just talk about the the strict policy side of things. We're, we're talking about a personnel issue being conducted off school property with essentially, you know, two sitting board members. Right. Okay. The one of the candidates. This individual uh, was. It was a position that this one candidate once held that was being discussed. Um, what do they hope to gain it, out of this? Was it just a, a discussion? And, you know, if they were smart, my question is, why wouldn't they have held it in a place where they could not be discovered publicly? Because anybody have, could have gone by and taken a photograph, but – and moreover – why would they even discuss it without outside of their circles? Because that's how it was leaked, I, and, and, and the newspaper got a hold of it, and the newspaper wrote uh, several – say uh, yeah, a few scathing editorials about the lack of transparency, and I think it was an embarrassment on the community that what was going on because it didn't matter what they say or what really happened. I mean they could have – for all we know, they could have been – Talking about planning a campaign, as they said, but nonetheless, the perception was that they were doing something illegal behind closed doors, and they were called out about it. Well, you know, but we we can look at any other. We can talk about county commissioners. We can talk about the Hagerstown City Council. Occasionally, they have closed door meetings. Right. Okay. There, the the closed door meetings when they conduct business there. There's a reason why the doors doors are closed. Right. But do we see our county commissioners or our city council going out to a public facility when it's not open to discuss right. essentially private policy? 
And that, that's one of the things that really turned me off, you know, during the race. Now, three of them are now current board members. One was, an, one was not up for re-election, and two of them were uh, elected. Uh, Henry, so we're, we're coming to... We're running out of time here? We have almost four minutes left, and I, okay. I want to ask you a direct question. And is Mike Gessler the best person to be on the school board? The absolute best candidate and most qualified. Ryan, it's not fair for for me to answer that. Okay. You, 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 okay. Let, let let me be fair. Um, there there were eight candidates for the school board. Uh, Mike Gessford did not show up at the forum for the primary. He avoided the forum in the general. Uh, conveniently, several other individuals avoided the forum in the general. How can you be responsible to the public if you do not show up in a public forum? Right. Well, and, and I, I don't I, mean to I'll put you on that. the spot. But I, you know, I had to ask, and I, I would ask anyone. I, I, and, and let me and, say this. And the, the only other thing to finish off is I would encourage anyone who has concern about something to look back in the pages of the newspaper when they requested information from the candidates, right. and they published our responses in the newspaper. Moving forward, read, read to each of them. Moving forward, I do wish the new board success. We have a lot of important education issues to tackle. I'd like to see the academic hub uh, take fruition, grab legs, and run quickly. I'd like to see us develop a more local control. I'd like to see our superintendent's contract uh, uh, be put into a legislation where we have the ability to change it before his term. And I'd like to see a host of other policy issues take effect within the next four years. And I I really hope that the candidates who were elected this time, and I, I know without a doubt that Jackie Fisher's heart and soul was into this. She truly cares about students. I got an opportunity to really get to know Jackie and I just admire her very much, and I like her very much. Um, and I hope that Mrs. Harshman and Mr. Gesford are truly successful. I have no grudges. I mean, we, we're analyzing the campaign. We're talking about the ups and downs, and we're talking about the material uh, pieces that really took effect, that affected our lives uh, in every every sort of way throughout the But it the also was the core of the, uh, of the board that was intact. Yeah. So you, you have... Miss Brightman, who who is extremely intelligent and knowledgeable, you have Doctor Hardings, right? You have Mister Ridenauer. All of them are right. extremely smart, and they have the kids' interests at heart for this they community. Do. And it's uh, important have, that they that they work together. And you know, we have a minute left, and I just want to say that this campaign for me was the ride of a lifetime. I would never. I would never sacrifice this experience for anything. I think it was a truly remarkable uh, event and milestone in my life. Even though that I came up short in this, um, I learned so much about myself, about people. I made great friends like yourself. I, I became stronger in my faith, and it taught me a lot about the process. And it, and, you know, I'm 29 years old. And this really makes you grow up quickly. Henry, you had the last word. 
Well, Brian, I want to thank you for the opportunity. Anytime. Um, again, you know, I think it was great to get to know you on the campaign trail. Um, I, you know, I do count you as as a friend. We we share a lot of common values, and I wish you all the best. Well, I certainly appreciate that, Henry. I will see you very very soon, and I thank you so much for joining the program. This is the minor detail. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> 